Welcome to another episode of the 918 Files. I'm your host, Jason C. Vankara. Today we are at one of the most picturesque places in all of Arizona, and it's the Lost Dutchman State Park. And joining us is Sarah, who is a park ranger, right? Yeah, yeah. For the state of Arizona. Sarah, welcome. Thank you. So this place is absolutely beautiful, right? But, but, <laughs> but. There are stories that are associated with this place that a lot of people know about, right? The Lost Dutchman. So, what exactly? Just real brief. What's the backdrop with this? So, the superstitions have this rich history of the Lost Dutchman's gold that is supposedly out there. And since I was little, in being born here in the eighties, my dad was one of those people who would go out and attempt to find that gold. But every year, still to this day, people go missing. People attempt to find it. Um, there's been reports of people being murdered out here looking for the gold. So still to this day, people are out there trying to find it. And mysterious things happen because they don't come back. Yeah, and it's it's kind of weird because, like we were just talking, it's 2022, right? Yeah. And people are just poof, gone. Gone. And, and there's just so, it's not like there's one or two incidents, you know, in 2010, these two people went missing and that's it, right? right. We're talking like over... At least a hundred years oh, yeah. that were, you know, you have all these people that are going out there looking and there's so many stories that coincide what could be causing all this stuff. But um, to me, it just blows my mind because again, it's like, it's, it's all the perfect makings of that weird, creepy story, right? It's got the, the right settings and everything else, but. Um, oh yeah. I mean, for instance, I was out hiking in the superstition wilderness yesterday. I mean, I was out there by myself for hours and there's. So many places you could go mm-hmm. and look for this gold. And even to this day, I'm like, oh, is that something shiny on the ground? Something draws you into this place. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear people say it's a calling. It calls you out here. You can't explain it. Just people are drawn here to find this gold and then end up going missing looking for it. Yeah, because, I mean, there was gold at one time. Yes. Found in them our hills, right? Yeah. No, I mean, there is definitely gold here because this whole mountain was kind of uplifted um, and there's a mine across the street that still pulls out gold, but people have this vision of walking into this cave or this abandoned mine and just finding just giant chunks of gold. But who knows if it's out there, but they're out there looking, but you find teeny tiny pieces, nothing really big. Yeah. There's so many stories though that are associated with the main guy that, you know, that Jacob wants. Yep. yep. That, that's all associated with everything, but I don't know. There's just, we could do a whole another podcast oh, yeah. episode yeah. on just all that stuff in general. Um, cause there's so many creepy stories that go with it. But, um, so, and the Lost Dutchman isn't the only weirdness or unusual story associated with parks here in Arizona, right? Right. So, the first one I'm going to ask you about um, is Pikachu's Portal. Picacho. 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 Picacho's Portal. Yeah. What is that? Because it sounds, portals in general okay. creep me out. So, yeah. What is it? Where is it? What are we talking about? All right, about? so let's talk about this. So I have been told um, that Picacho has a portal. And people are very quiet about it, which is really interesting. Because when people come into the park, we, we ask them what they're doing. We make sure they're prepared, have enough water. Because that high there is no joke. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, people will come in and be like, hey, what are you doing today? And they're like, nothing. And they're very quiet about it. And they're like, well, that's kind of weird. And then... Inevitably, someone in that group will be like, well, the portal's open. And we're like, 
what does that mean? What do you mean the portal's open? Like, what do you mean? And they won't really tell us anything about it, but being at that park for a handful of years, um, I can say I have seen some very interesting things happen. Um, and something actually recently was just brought to light, which I just kind of brushed off and didn't think anything about it until about a week ago. Um, I do the rescues at the park when people get in trouble. I got to run up the mountain. I got to bring them water. But I always noticed that I would scream someone's name and I can scream pretty loud and they wouldn't respond. And I'm like, come on. Like my GPS says you are like within 10 feet of me. Like what is happening? I would literally walk around the corner and they'd be like, hello. And they'd be like, uh, no thanks. Uh, why didn't you hear me? So that's happened to me at least four times. And then about a week ago, I couldn't do a rescue when my fellow rangers was like, you know what? Let me go do it. And everyone was fine. She came down. She's like, you know, the weirdest thing happened. I was like, what? She's like, I called their name. I called their name. They didn't respond. And then I walked another two feet. And then they were about 10 feet ahead of me. I was like, they didn't hear you either. She's like, no. And I was like, what? So weird. So we called the voice vortex. So that, that's something weird about that park. And then another thing that happens is about two years ago, I was driving through the campground and this camper was like, hey, what were those orange lights? And I was like, orange lights? I mean, there's an Army Air helicopter training facility. I'm going to do the, the, the quotes right now, the air quotes. The air quotes. They're flares. They're flares, right. Uh, flares. They're not that, flares. That move. They're not flares. I know what flares look like. Yeah. So this camper was kind of freaked out. And he's like, there's like five or six orange, we'll call them orbs, <laughs> going through the air. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, well, Okay, you know, I just kind of brushed it off like I have no idea what you're talking about. And then a couple months later, a volunteer said, hey, I was out walking my dog and I saw these orange lights in the air and they just kept moving. So now I'm thinking, that's that's bizarre. I, I want to see these lights. But of course, if you go looking for something, you're not going to yeah, find yeah, it, right? Yeah. It doesn't happen. So in October, my family and I, we were driving back um, from Scottsdale, heading home. We're heading towards the park. We're maybe 10 minutes outside of it. I look towards the park, and my husband's like, what are those? And I'm like, what do you mean? And I look right at it. There's five or six orange lights in the air. Some of them are splitting apart. Some of them are zigzagging faster than any helicopter or plane can do. So this, I mean, at this point, I'm driving down the highway thinking, don't crash your car, but what are these orange lights? So I'm staring at them, and all of a sudden, they all go poof and disappear. Crazy. It was insane. So now I've seen the orange light. So about a month ago. How big are they when you talk about them? You know. Are we talking about like little specks like fireflies? No, I mean, they're, they're big. Um, big enough where you, you know, and I'm not, because let's say there's a plane coming towards you mm. and that light's really bright, but you know it's a plane that's blinking. You can clearly yeah. see that, that roundness of the light. Yep. It's that big. So huh. they're they're big, and it's not like a plane in the distance. I mean, like a plane coming into land at the Sky Harbor, right? Like you can see oh, wow. these lights. Um, and then about a month ago, one of my rangers, her husband, was driving home. He got home and said, "Do people hike on Picacho with orange lights at night?" And she went, "Oh my gosh, you saw them?" She's like, "Explain them to me." And he's like, "Well, there was five or six of them. They were moving all over. I, I don't know what they were." And I was like, "There they are again." So this is like the fourth. Time, fourth or fifth time that people have talked about these orange lights out there. Yeah, because as a lot of the listeners know, I used to be a Phoenix PD, and I remember we worked in I worked in the um, the Mountain View with Squaw Peak mm -hmm. area, 
And whenever you'd have hikers up on the mountains, you would see the light from the flashlight. It's not like that, right? No, because I am I'm I know those lights because I got people aren't supposed to hike at night. So I have to go up sometimes. They're not sure. supposed to. They're not but supposed to, but they do. But I have to, you know, those lights are completely different. And on a headlamp, you're going to have a red setting or a just a normal light. These are orange, very mm. distinctly orange round lights in the air. And where he saw the lights, because he drew me a picture, we're not where the, they are not where the trail is. So now you're going to have people that are going to talk about science, mm-hmm. right? Um, has anyone ever tried to explain these in a way that said, these are caused by X, Y, Z? No, no. And so if, at least for myself, I, I have a bachelor's and a master's. in science. So I'm, I have that scientific mindset of like, okay, how could this be? So for instance, like when he said he saw those lights on the mountain, I thought maybe it's the house lights. Maybe it's, maybe he's underneath it and looking up. So I recreated his drive that is our home lights and the visitor center lights do not match up to where he saw them on the mountain. So my little scientific experience could not account for what they were. When I've seen the, like the army Blackhawks out in the desert, they're very distinctive flashing lights. You know what a helicopter, and you can hear them. When everyone has seen them, including me, we don't hear anything. Just pure silence. Just pure silence. It's so weird. It's bizarre. So are these different than the orbs that people see like up in Sedona? You know, so when I was in a ranger up in Sedona, um, I can't think of the name of the ranch up there, but apparently like, the government took over a ranch up in Sedona because there's a lot of weird happenings out there and a lot of orbs. So when I was there, I would leave the park. Sometimes we'd work a late shift. I'd go out to the highway and where the highway met was in the direct location of where that ranch was. But they were orange. Sometimes they would be white. Sometimes they'd be green. And you would just see them out in the distance. But it would give you that EBGB feeling like, I just need to turn left and go home. Like, you're you're not going to park your car, get out, and say, hey, where are these? You know, with those... Because that's I mean, how abductions happen. Yeah, pretty much. Like, with those, and Sedona was a different feeling. Sedona gave you the EBGB feeling is the best way I could describe it. It was the, get out of here. These orange lights I see in the desert don't give you the get out of here feeling. You're more intrigued. Like, what is that? The ones in Sedona, because we all know Sedona has some very interesting things happen out there. Yeah. That would just tell me, go home. Just go home. Don't don't even try to investigate it. Turn left. Go home. Think about it tomorrow. Like, just a different feeling. Really yeah. Weird. just I mean, and I'm always one to listen to my gut. Yeah. You, know, you don't got to. No. My mind and my body's telling me, hey, like, get out of here. Get I'm gonna, I'm, I'm already gone. So. You know, and, and in Sedona, too, there would be a couple of feelings where, like, it'd be closing up. Because, you know, it is kind of a, it's a, uh, a juniper forest out there. I mean, so there are some trees, but a lot of times I would have that something's watching you feeling. Now, mm. of course, it could have been a mountain lion. Because yeah. they are out there. Yeah. But I don't get that out in the desert, but up north. In that area, it was lost the gate, get in the car. And there would be sometimes, I would even, this is weird, I would have all my headlamps on, I would be blurring music because I just felt something was out there. And I was like, well, if it's an animal, maybe that noise will scare it away. But I'd still always have that feeling. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, no. <laughs> it was a get out of there feeling. So another get out of there feeling. Yeah. Um, and we did an entire episode on this thing, but the Magian monster. Yeah. Any experiences with this thing? You know. But that's another state park. Oh, up north in the yeah. basin area. That's a, So when I was little, I don't know if the signs are up there. 
today. But there were signs, you know, like the Bigfoot crossing signs that yeah. you'll see up, you know, in the northern states um, in California. There was a sign up there, and it said Mogollon Monster Crossing. Mm-hmm. And I camped up there as a kid, and my dad, well, he was a hunter, he was a fisher. He would tell me stories about hearing things that he couldn't explain. And, you know, hunters are very tuned to what is going on. Right? Yeah. Any crunch of a leaf, they're going to know what it is. Um but, you know, we have one state park up there, which is Tonto. And I will occasionally get people who are traveling through the state who will ask, they're like, hey, you know, we're going up to Payson. We're going to the state park up there. Is that Bigfoot creature up there? And me being me, I'm like, oh, I hope so. You know, because it's, it's fun. It's our little piece of the Bigfoot pie, if that's what he is. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's definitely ingrained in the Payson area. Of something is up there. Yeah, and a lot of people, when they think of Arizona, they think of desert and cactus, right. whatever. But that section of Arizona, is, oh. it's forested. It's it's yeah. not dense like the Northwest, you know, like Washington dense. But it's still, if, if you're going to go, if you're some sort of creature that knows how to hide and you're smart enough to stay away from humans, like this thing. That's the place. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's the perfect place because yeah. there's, there's other wildlife. There's places to hide. Oh, yeah. It's pretty remote. There's water. Yeah, there's, right there's, there. there's water, fresh water. I mean, it's, it's got all the mm-hmm. the things that someone would need, so. Yeah, there's, I mean, he has, he can eat. I don't, I don't know what the Mogollon monster eats, but he has deer, mountain yeah. lions. You know what I mean? There's food source up there, and campers must go for food. <laughs> yeah, and with uh, with that thing, too, I mean, there's reported sightings of this thing over the course of history oh, from yeah. different people and different times. and. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I grew up here in the 80s, and. My dad and mom had lived here since the 40s and 50s, and they were told about it when they were little. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely part of Arizona, you know, crypto history, which is really fun. Yeah, so, today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so with the state parks, I mean, you got orbs, you got stuff flying around in the sky. Yeah, got, there's some weird stuff out there. You got people going missing, looking for gold. Yeah. You got some hairy monster rocking around. You got some hairy around. monster out there. So, it's, there's a lot of cool stuff here, and yeah. um, a lot of creepy different things the world's a creepy place yeah. and arizona adds to that uh-huh. so but all kidding aside um let's say someone wants to check some of these places out um what can they do to avoid um becoming another <laughs> part of the creepy story right <laughs> the creepy story very like much. you don't want to end up missing and being part of the story like what can they do to avoid you know all that Potential stuff dangerous. Yeah. you know the good thing about arizona Especially the state parks, the county parks, all the national parks. This this place is so beautiful. And the cool thing, like we talked about, Payson, Arizona has so many different areas from from pine trees to lakes to desert to kind of rolling plains. Um, But specifically, let's say you're going to go hiking in the desert, whether it's at Los Angeles, Picacho, like Saguaro National Park, all all those places. Um, Definitely know what you're getting into. Um, I meet so many inexperienced hikers, um, and that could be part of the issue, you know? Um, but I always say, don't underestimate the mountain and overestimate your ability. That's until really get in trouble. Yeah, because, like I said, I used to be with Phoenix, and it would seem nightly during the summertime. Oh, yeah. Where, like I said, the flashlight's coming down the mountain, mm-hmm. and people would call in, or, you know, they'd try to signal Help. you. Because it's like, people, I, I mean, it's mind-blowing, but... It's like hiking a mountain is tough. It's not okay. So if you're out of shape mm-hmm. and you don't have water, you're going to have a bad time, right? That's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Um, so, you know, kind of the general rule is 
when it's anything over 90, a liter of water per person per hour. Mm-hmm. That is your, that's the nice recipe to keep you safe. Now, of course, stuff can happen. Like, for instance, I was on a rescue about two weeks ago. My water bottle decided to fall down a 50-foot cliff, and all my water came out, and I was devastated. <laughs> um, so stuff happens. So always bring backup water, bring sunblock, because it's hot, and our UV rays are terrible. Bring shade. Bring shade. You know, and that's another thing, too. I know it may add a little bit of weight. Bring an umbrella. Because if you need to sit, there's no shade. Or if, let's say, you encounter a mountain lion, open up that umbrella, and you just got two times bigger. You know, so that's definitely a good thing to do. Bring a snack. You know, be prepared for an emergency and hope one doesn't happen. So you don't end up being talked about on a podcast. So you don't end up being in a book and a podcast. You know, don't be that person. (laughs) Exactly. It's good advice. So, well, Sarah, it's been a pleasure talking with you this morning. Any parting words? Um, No, just, you know, stay safe, everybody. Enjoy the parks. Arizona is beautiful. Um, You know, as we say, the desert's a calling. We we can't explain why. But just go with it. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Sarah, thanks for your time. Thank you. God bless. Until next time.